podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Football whistle, and this is true. We love to do the things that we're not supposed to do. We don't mean robbing, stealing, or mugging. In fact, we'll take it seriously. We're only bugging. <laughs> Hello, my name's Mark Webster, and this, of course, is the Whistleblowers. Welcome along to everybody, including those who will listen today on our new Android app. It's got all our podcasts on there. It's got football news. It's got football videos. All you've got to do is follow the link to thewhistleblowers.net, and you too could be part of the 21st century experience of listening to the Whistleblowers. Shut your face, Kevin Day. And <laughs> all I was going to say is, where would you get the money for that? Christmas? The money for them. <laughs> really? That's just it. I actually unwrapped it and there it was, yeah. Batteries are included. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you see, you made me have to comment in a <laughs> subtextual kind of way. As you may have noticed, Kevin Day has joined us for this particular uh, 2016 broadcast. Hello, welcome along. Hello, Mark. Um, you're currently... Uh, Ticking away on. I you don't mind saying so. But you're, you're, you're in some football-related stuff at the moment, aren't you? Writing some comedy business. Uh, yes, indeed. For the uh, renowned ITV sports panel quiz. <laughs> See, fair exchange is no robbery. Fair point. You took me me slightly by surprise. (laughs) Yes, I did. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm proud of it. Yes, very good. Frank Lampard, we're recording uh, this week. Frank's over from New York, so we're recording with him. The show's called, uh, remember? Play to the Whistle. Play to the Whistle. Guests are a mixed calibre. Uh, they, range, they range from Anthony Joshua to very much not <laughs> Anthony Joshua. <laughs> to other people who aren't actually Yeah, Joshua, but Frank's, yeah. Uh, Frank's always a joy to work he with. He is a good lad, isn't he? He's utterly charming yeah. and very intelligent and very witty and clever enough to know when to keep quiet and sit there looking a, bit, looking a bit sheepish when people do jokes about how much he's earning <laughs> to sit on a bench in New York. Uncle Harry in, is he? Uncle Harry was in for the last series, yes. Uncle Harry took against Sean Walsh, funnily enough. Did he? Who, Sean Walsh is a QPR fan and comedian who, uh, <laughs> wondered, <laughs> wondered aloud how it was that Harry managed to walk onto the studio without limping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the knees. Yes. And, oh, um, uh, the famous yes, knees. And yes. made many, and at uh, one stage said, tell me the truth, are your knees as badly fucked as what you did to QPR? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but that was last series. That was last series, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But no, no it's a good... It, it will be. It's not... A, the difficulty is it's not coming on to April, so we can't do a lot of... Uh, no, no, no. But the exciting thing is that... Oh, uh, hold on. A special Premier League football guest booked only today... Yes. ...to appear on Sunday, one Wilfred Zaha, who's, which I'm obviously very excited about. Get... Oh, really? Ah, of course. Will you be able to keep your filthy claws off of him, though? I won't physically claw. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> it's a, it's a, you know, metaphorical. It'll depend how badly we get stuffed by Man City on Saturday. <laughs> True. <laughs> Meanwhile, Stuart, and uh, 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 we won't give it too much away here, but uh, uh, our, our dear friend, Mr. Leighton Rocks here, Stuart Wright, has come, has come over because, of course, he stinks of the marshes. <laughs> East London's marshes. He's right upon them there. But um, you've had a great, you've had a li- nice little time recently, haven't you? Because there's a project in the on the go, isn't it? Yeah, there? yeah, yeah. A photography friend of mine has been taking portrait pictures the whole last season of players on Hackney Marshes. Oh. And as a, and a, and once he started looking at the contact sheets, he started. He obviously saw he's got people from around the world playing on Hackney Marshes. His dad was the first immigrant Italian who came over in the late sixties, and football was a way that helped him settle into London. So I said to him. Why don't we do that as you forward to your book that football at Hackney Marshes is a gateway to settling into... Well, football isn't as much, but Hackney yeah, yeah. Marshes being 
an but, iconic thing of settling into London. But there's a palace connection, isn't there? Weirdly, yeah. And if I could remember his name, I'd be a better presenter <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> but one of the guys interviewed, his brother was the second Italian to play professional football. He played for the palace. Well, I'll yeah. have to go there. That's interesting. We will. Well, do you know, there's we'll, a, I will, I will fact find that bit on, out. Um, <laughs> on Clapham Common every Sunday, there's a South American League. Yeah. Which is the quality of the football, and uh, it's not unknown. I mean, they'll probably get a couple of hundred people watching on a, a normal... Really? Oh, yeah, because the football... These, two it, touch. It's loads of two touch right. football. Yeah, yeah. But it's also... It, Control it, and it, give. It, it, it sort of conforms to every South American stereotype as well. They really do, because they're, they're, they're split into national... Yeah, so there'll be a couple of Colombian teams and a couple of Argentine teams. Brilliant. They really do all the, the diving and the kicking <laughs> and the cheating. <laughs> so it's really entertainment. The football is fantastic compared to the sort of Sunday football we're, well, we're used to. I, 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 I obviously asked the question, you know, foreigners, cliche, yeah. wet, wet, wet Tuesday night at Stoke. I said, you know, what was the difference? He goes, well, the Italians were more technical. I said, so nothing's changed then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's not, not, not that many nildos over at the whilst I say. Which brings us nicely, in fact, because what we're going to do, we'll attempt a half-term report we're in, which I will also attempt to navigate our way through this uh, by nipping our way through all of the Premier League teams. But what's an interesting starting point for this, and Kevin picked up on this when we spoke in the week, was... was the warning that Jurgen Klopp sent out, like some kind of, some, some kind of like, you know, rocket that he sent into the air, said to Pep Guardiola, don't come here, he'll kill you. Well, basically, I think it's probably his way of reducing the competition. <laughs> yeah, there there is that, yeah. But I think it's the first indication. Funny enough, we've talked about this with Stuart before on this podcast, that I think Klopp was genuinely surprised by the intensity of the Premier League. And now, but he's now got worse the, since the FA Cup and, 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 and the Christmas. And now, because basically what he said in his, his press conference when he said to Guardiola, you've got, to, you've got to really seriously look at the amount of football playing, and said, look, they take the cup competition seriously. They're playing every weekend. <laughs> There's no winter break. So clearly he's been taken aback by that. But They're I have weird. to say, Klopp last night, the Liverpool-Arsenal game last night was properly a throw. You talk about Sunday football. That was a throwback. It was a properly entertaining yeah. game for a neutral. And what... It's, what was lovely last night is, you know, Klopp is what he is in part of this, this sort of public element of his image there. But Wenger last night, even though he was clearly upset with the last minute equaliser, he couldn't have looked more pleased with Klopp at the end that his team had taken part in that in that game. Both managers looked high, he, actually genuinely very, pleased. And he very rarely yeah. has that face Abs- on him, doesn't he, uh, Abs- Arsene Ab- Absolutely, his demeanour's completely different. I think I'm different. part of yeah. something tonight, yeah, well, yeah. And, that was, and, Liverpool, and what you got was a tantalising glimpse of Liverpool. First 20 minutes, you got a glimpse of what Liverpool could be where well, Klopp, okay. well, let, we'll, Klopp we'll gets do, his We'll do Liverpool sh- sh- shortly, because okay. let, we'll start at the top as we speak, which is Arsenal. Mm-hmm. And so that'll be a while before you do Liverpool, then. Smoke that fag, Kevin. Smoke that fag. <laughs> Try and remember, we, t- we just mentioned this, everybody. Um, Arsenal at the top of the table, is this something that is... It, it, we're going to be discussing, as we go for all these teams, the topsy-turvy, crazy, wacky world that the Premier League is. But is there something edifying about Arsenal as a, as a top-of-the-table team at this stage for you, Stu? Um, well, I, I think that they're only... They're only like reflective of, of every other team that doesn't want to win the league, really. You know, yeah. you, they're, they're, their form has been consistent and yet shocking at, at times. You think, four, was it 4-0 at Southampton? Yeah. Um, for that 20 minutes against us, they didn't look like they were in, in the same division. I mean, sure. uh, yeah. I mean if, if, if it wasn't for the fact we haven't got a keeper... You know, it wouldn't. They wouldn't have been in the game. Okay, no, but obviously, I'm talking about half a season. Obviously, rather than ninety minutes. But, all right, but, but it's half a season, though. Yeah, they. they I mean, t- taking Kevin's point about the, the loving that happened between Klopp and, and, and Wenger is that, yeah, Arsenal want to play football the right way. I mean, one of the telling things about about 
just referring back to Klopp, was his comments after the West Brom game. He didn't actually realise how antagonistic could get to physical. He, he, mm. he was, yeah. he's, he's a man that's done banter, for want of a better word, and knows, knows it's not serious. But Poulis, and obviously Allardyce has done it as well, is they take it to another level, which is a very British thing, I think. I don't think that level of sniping. I mean, I mean, Allardyce effectively called him a soft German. Yeah. And obviously, Wenger's been called a lot worse in his time here. And what I thought was what was interesting is that Wenger actually apparently at some point leaned out of the club and said, like, run it in a bit, son. They'll have you, back, they'll have you up in the stands. Which I thought was a lovely touch as well. Yeah, yeah. I, but, Arsenal's, Arsenal's problem, you talk about the chances. Yeah. They had people like Joel Campbell on the pitch last night who's not best will, you know, best will in the world is not a Premier League player. And that's why I still think City will win it because they, they won't they, maintain it. Arsenal, no? I, I would, I would like them to, but the fact is, City have got the strongest squad out of anybody who are in the top six. Okay. How about for t- how, and we'll talk about City in those terms? But how about Leicester after? And again, as we sit here, the, the Avatar was was extraordinarily sniffy about the fact that, that Leicester are doing, uh, uh, obviously at Tottenham, which is where it happened. So it would be about the way that they're going about the business. But the way they're going about the business has kept, as we speak, in second place. Well, um, how many years have I been predicting to you on various podcasts, radio, and TV shows that the transfer bubble will burst? It hasn't. No, I've been predicting since. Hang on in there, son. I've been predicting since game three that Leicester will run out of steam, but they just keep not doing so. And the, the fact is, because I, I thought they've had a tricky spell not scoring goals. I watched them in the FA Cup game against Tottenham, two weaker teams. I used to have to put a hat on and then take it off to them because yeah. they just, regardless of what Vertonghen says about their style of play, and I think he's got that slightly wrong, they're slightly more sophisticated than... than that was, they're not route one. Or, they're not they route one. They're not route one. They're not, they've got an energy that most other clubs haven't got, yeah. which is one of the reasons you think they can't sustain it. I'm beginning to think they they can get in the Champions League and fair play to them. I, I, I don't particularly want them to because I'm vindictive about Steve Claridge <laughs> scoring a fluky goal against us in the playoff final. I've, I've got a very long memory. There's, no, there's nothing like detail, is but, there? But, they, you know, Tottenham haven't beaten them in three games now, including the cup game. I, I think... You just have to. You just have to admit that's a very interesting sort of like yardstick by which it, to judge it. Because Tottenham, of yeah. course, are a, you know a, a, are a hot was, team. This was the season that everyone said, and right from the start, is right. Everyone's known it's going to be a really open Premier League. Tottenham, and everyone said this season, if Tottenham are ever going to get near top two, top three, this is this is it. And now suddenly, someone like Leicester are in their way, and they're clearly frustrated that they can't they can't get beyond them. And Pochettino, really interesting thing in the standard today from a Tottenham fan saying he, he's playing kids, which is a good thing to a degree, but you're not going to win the Premier League. Where have we heard that before? But, you know. but, but there are more teams than that, obviously, that are doing that job. However, let's, let's now, by way of balance, disappear back down to the, the, the nether regions of, this, of the division where Aston Villa, Randy Lerner, the owner, has stepped aside... Um, although he will remain engaged, in quotes, uh, to give a fella the opportunity to take Villa down <laughs> um, from nowhere to somewhere further below obscurity. So he's, he's not been forced, like Ex and Gillette were, to put someone in his chairman. He's just basically said, "Well, that. you take your, <coughs> you, you pick the bones out of the way that it's happened." But basically, <coughs> I, 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 they're an ugly mess. But a, a, is, is this basically sort of been happening for a while? When they, and, and this is the fruits of their labour. Do you think with Villa? Yeah, I think there's, they've been a team that have yo-yoed from middle to relegation for what four years, maybe. Yeah, yeah. and this yeah. is this is kind of the words, the the phrase "lack of investment" and Randy Lerner well, have think, been synonymous. I think if, they? If, if in Kevin's view that there was going to be a, a, a transfer bubble burst, maybe the winging it burst has happened for teams like Villa. Yeah, you know, that they, good point. Yeah, that, that, that they 
the teams coming up were never that strong, so they could always wing it. Now, mm. now they've kind of been taken. You know, Southampton had a strategy. Villa never yeah. had one. Yeah, so, yeah, I think I think as a Palace fan, I should apologise to all Villa fans for giving them a tiny bit of false hope. <laughs> By being so abject the other night, and you, you grow up as a Palace fan, you think I've seen it all now. Hell of a bone to throw than that was, Kevin. Well, Hell of a bone. I've never seen a goalkeeper nutmeg himself before. <laughs> Actually, nutmegged himself, which is and the fact is that was an embarrassing result for us because they are going to go down in history as one of the poorest Premier League teams. And we forget, we keep forgetting that under Martin O'Neill, they finished, I think, fifth, sixth. Yeah. They were regularly, they were a team back in the nineties. Their problem is they still, and I've said this before, and I've said it to Villa fans, they need to take down that commentary from the 1981, the European Cup winning team. They've got the commentary all the way around the stands. Yeah. It's, it was a long, long time ago. They were a long way away from that. And it's a, it's a problem that's happened. And, and there are still people who blame Martin O'Neill for bringing players in on big wages that the club didn't have. They're a massive club. They should be self-financing their club. They should be getting 40,000, 45,000 people in for every home game. But they're a very they good example like... of a football club in which suddenly you can see the personality being the issue rather than the personnel, as it were. There's, the, you know, there's nothing necessarily wrong with the footballers. There's just none of them want to play. Oh, I know. I think that's... that's or they're just bad footballers. I think they're a championship team. I think you look at the... You know, G- Gested's a championship player. A lot of, you know, they've got the, an ageing team. There's, you know, there's no identity there. Sh- they, sacking Sherwood in the long run, I think, was a really dark thing to do because if anybody could have taken them down and taken them back up again with an identity... That would have been the long-term plan. And and, and, and if you think think about the way that the the, the talent that was in their team over the last 10 years, they've leaked it and never 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 once replaced any of it. How about, while we're down there, and and, and let's go geographically, which I I apologise to everybody up there for this, but it's just easy for us where we sit... Sunderland and Newcastle are the two teams sitting above them. Um, uh, we're off the back of a Sunderland win, Jermaine Defoe um, hat-trick, and we're off the back of a Newcastle, you know, exciting game of football, and John Joe Selfie being bought for 12 million quid, and it's not necessarily the end of it. Is, is one of them two got a chance now to salvage this, or do, are they still doldrums for you? I th- well, for me, I, th- I think it, the, the, what, the bottom, bottom eight above Villa is like the top. Seven below City. Yeah. yeah, like there's there's a load of people who aren't committed to going one way or the other. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. kind of they can they can be world beaters and then the next minute they can't play football. I know I know Sunderland won last night. It was a vital win, but and you know my views on. I think it's t- enormous, enormous. I think but you, know, you, you know my reviews on TV replays as well. But Swansea should demand a rematch for that because every single thing went against them. Three of the goals were offside. Sending off was wrong. I mean, so Sunderland shouldn't be fooled by that. Newcastle. In the same way that I keep expecting Leicester to blow up, I keep expecting Newcastle to put a run together, and they, they keep not doing it. They flatter to deceive and have a couple of really well, good... Well, Steve McLaren's very good you know, at making you think that you've seen something better than you've seen, I think. I mean, it's one of, I think it's part of his skill set, and uh, but it's never been quite that, has it? I mean, well, at least they, to their credit... Against United, second, it, there was the implication of Well, that. the first half, I mean, they got the, the, the goal back because Fellaini made a really poor error. But the first half, United, yeah, that was that. the best I've seen United play for a long time. Yeah. But second half, to Newcastle's credit, there's clearly nothing wrong with their spirit because they went, they went at United, they had a go and they deserved it in the end. But they keep having the little glimmers of a good performance and then it stops. I, I would be more worried about Newcastle than I would have been about Sunderland. Really, yeah? yeah I, I, Allardyce, once Allardyce has got a bit between his teeth, once he, he gets his 11, it's, and it took, it's funny that, it, it? Took, it took Allardyce six weeks, I think, to settle on an 11. And, and keep picking Jermaine Defoe, by uh, the way. Uh, yeah, yeah, but now they've brought Andoy as well, so they've yeah. got the competition. Once Allardyce settles on his team and they get used to his organisation, it might not be pretty, but I think he'll get them out of it. And I think Newcastle, 
I think they might they might struggle because because as Stuart said, the three relegated teams. I think a lot of teams counted on the fact that three of the relegated teams oh, would, would, come, would all come, would come teams. would come back down again. Yes, I think exactly they all right. thought they'd come back down, and so they didn't. I, I don't think like Villa, Newcastle didn't simply didn't factor that into their three. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Bournemouth have kind of took took the. The league by storm in relative terms, haven't they? They but have, but also, let's, let's not get fooled by the little Bournemouth story. They've just paid £20 million quid on three, well, that, yeah, on three which, players. Exactly. So there's, there's about, a, but in the middle of those, as we speak, is, is a team that I think you were probably thinking of, is, is, that, is that middle ground team that probably thinks like, we're, we're, no, you know, we're, we're not going up, we're not going down. But that's Swansea, and Swansea have just uh, have spiraled into that position. Well, say, and I mean, appointed Alan, uh, given Alan Curtis, you know, the, a bloke who's actually got a carriage clock. <laughs> you know, a literally, it's on, on his shelf. The wife knows that's what time he's getting home for his dinner on that carriage clock. And this poor man's probably now been lumbered with this around his neck, hasn't he? Yeah, I think so. I think it looks like they've they've taken a kind of calculated gamble on the form of Newcastle and Sunderland more than anything else. Yeah, because you don't one. you don't imagine he's going to build Swansea into a better team. Yeah, he's just going to not be as bad as those two. I think. I think they relied on the fact that he's Mr. Swansea and the players will gel around him, but I know from but experience... He's, he's been there all the time I know, anyway, But the, so. thing, the fact is, when, when Steve Campbell became Palace manager, it, it's, it's, it's the wrong thing to do. Because, yeah, because, because Campbell some, was out of the club afterwards. Uh, 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 not only out of, the, but out of the club completely, because yes. he made such a... Uh, uh, and Steve Campbell, for non-Palace fans, won't realise what a legend. He's an icon. He's up there with Steve yeah. Koppel, one of the most loved people at the club. And out of the club completely because he made such a rickety right thing by but, saying, but, but, I will try and take it on board, though. Well, didn't it, he? It, no, I don't think he did because he, well, he not, for he had own, no, not for his own sake. Well, not for the club's sake either because he had no managerial experience ah, true, for, true, for a true, reason. True. And it's the same with Curtis. I think sometimes people go, oh, he loves the club, the club love him. But there's no logic in terms of his experience as a manager for putting him in there. Some people are, are assistant managers for a reason, normally. It's, it's like, but, I was going to say, football seems to have this mad logic that this, the phrase, he knows the club. Did, I mean, they've, they've used, they've banded it around Ryan Giggs of late, haven't yeah, they? Absolutely. And you're like going, he knows the club, but yeah. he doesn't, he hasn't run a world brand. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's a big difference yeah, yeah. between, he, he, he knows, knows where, he, he knows where the spare shoes are. He knows are. really <laughs> well why we're going to get relegated yeah. this year. Yeah, yeah, More yeah, so yeah. than other people. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Swansea getting relegated would be, a really bad thing for clubs like Palace and West Ham. No, because, because they were they've a, got a shape. They're, they're meant to be a new model army, aren't they? Absolutely. And they, they look like a team that we could take inspiration from. And they looked like they'd cracked it and they would actually... They were settled in the Premier League and they could move on. But it just it just goes to prove that there's only really five teams in the Premier League that will always be in the Premier League. I was going to say that, yeah. that's, that that's what's evident this year, isn't it? Yeah. You know, the fact that, that Norwich or... Um, or Bournemouth could could end up. Well, they're both, up. just yeah. quickly on that. No, but just down the GT because you know, while we're standing in that <clears> area, <throat> do you think Norwich and Bournemouth are going to salvage themselves? Only the price of these other. It's ones. the flip side of what you're saying. Is yeah. if, if Newcastle and Sunderland don't book their ideas up, then inevitably that means that Norwich and Bournemouth don't go down. Which yeah. brings us nicely, Kevin, to uh, a little area underneath Leicester where we were, which is Man City, Spurs, West Ham, United. Uh, Man United, that is. Um, in, in theory, there's a little chase on there still for fourth, and then the and then God bless it, the Europa lead black spot yeah, in there. The United thing's really interesting. Uh, the lad who runs my local off license, Ash from Eritrea, who knows more about football than, than I do. He's just obsessed with football. Every time I go in there, he's arguing with some Polish lads about Gornik Zabra and the you know, whatever. It is. But he's got this really interesting. Theory. He's a big Man United fan. He's got this theory about Van Hole, which is. He shouldn't try and play entertaining football. They well, he, he's backing out <laughs> for it. No, because he says, and he's the only Man United fan I've heard say this. He said, 
they knew what they were getting with Van Hole. Van Hole knows how to win matches in a particular way. The, the, the mistake was bringing him in. Don't compound. Yes, he, no, once he's there, don't, that's don't, a good com, point. don't yeah. compound the mistake by making, forcing him to play a style of football that is completely alien yeah. to him without the players. That, that, that can do it he's for him. He's not it's, getting the results, though, is he? He's not, he's he's not getting the one-nils, which still, of no, he'd but be happy with. But, but they're, they're still in touch. And it's like, you can, yeah. see, you can see Van Hole. I think there's a part of Van Hole that's actually quite pleased Newcastle equalised. Because he, he literally, in the, in the press conference afterwards, he was like, see, there you go, see what happens. Try and mm. play football, we still draw. And they were going with more goals than his. No, I don't care. There's your entertaining game for the season now. <laughs> Shut up, <laughs> I'm going to get back on yeah, to but, my but job. But yeah. what he was clearly hinting was that being entertaining gets the same results, i.e. an away draw. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Do you back Kevin's premise that, that City are still ultimately strong enough? I mean, they're, 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 interestingly, as we well, speak, well, they're still a long-term issue for them. That's, that's, the, big issue. that's the big yeah. issue. They're, yeah. they're stronger in the sense of, if you look at Arsenal's injury list... Um, they've got less injured. I mean, that's about it. But even they had like... Arsenal's are coming back, though, yeah, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even City had like silver on the bench, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, Aguero's sort of coming back to fitness. And if, if Aguero's not playing, then Boney obviously has proved to be not a replacement. So, City, for all of City's strength, and we talked about this last time we were on, you know, this idea of strength in depth is bollocks because football is won and lost by the Suarez's of this world, not yeah. by <laughs> not by the um Well, that's, I mean, that, that's a really good point because... Uh, there's no outstanding team in the Premier League, no. uh, either in terms of a team that w- wins week in, week out, or in terms of entertainment. And also, it's hard, you're hard-pressed to pick a player. In seasons gone by, there's been a player that you go, either a breakthrough player yeah, or somebody like yeah. Suarez, who just go, I'd pay money to go and see them. And mm. Aguero are in patches, but for the most part, and, and uh, Sanchez at Arsenal, maybe, but it's just, no, it's just a very functional Premier League this year, which makes say, it, in a, in a strange sort of way, it makes it more interesting because it is more open. Well, it makes in, in, individual games more interesting. Yeah, that's, 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 a, good that's a good point. Well, that's that, a, is, that's is a good che- point. To be cheesy about it, then, is, is, this like, is, is this like the year of the 11 as opposed to the year? Because, yeah. you know, Palace, yeah. West Ham, well, they, they, they've been playing games of football where it's been about what the team does, not necessarily... Well, well West Ham, because we judged by that. I'll just say that. I'll just answer that because that's a really... That's a really good point about Palace and Leicester, for example, because a game we nearly yeah. always... Whoever, whoever we're playing, you normally go, well, let's look at their team. and Who, who from their team yeah. would get in our team and who from our team would get in their team? And, and mostly, every, whoever we're playing, Kabai is pretty much the only Palace player, plus Palassi, that you'd say any other, team, 11, any other yeah. team in the Premier League would take them. For the most part, we're 9-2 down. For the most part, <laughs> we would take most of their players. <laughs> but yeah, as a team, we are really effective. and that's. But I'm not sure how long... I think every you need you need a genius. Every Premier League team needs a genius. But and what's going to happen, I think, is that as the money think kicks in from next year, and clubs like Palace, Norwich can keep their own, you know, can keep players like people like Everton can keep Stones. Then hopefully this season won't be the last season where there's eight or nine teams in contention having a right go. But also I'm, Liverpool as well. I, I can't stress enough that I, I think next year. Liverpool are going to be really exciting. Well, I think when well, Klopp, when Klopp gets twenty twenty five years here in that though, well, no, oh, no, but this, I think this time the circumstances are different because uh, Jamie Carragher made a really good point a couple of weeks ago, and it was something that hadn't occurred to me. And he, he said because uh, Ed uh, Chamberlain, whatever it was, did the usual. They put the graphic up: twelve games under Rogers, twelve games under Klopp, and Carragher said, "Take it down." You, you're judging Klopp. It's, a, it's with, an irrelevant you know, stat. You're, you're judging Klopp with Rogers' team. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Ju- yeah. Judge Klopp when he's got Klopp's team. And that's a really good point. He said Klopp's doing a really good job with a team 
eight or nine of which he probably wouldn't pick if he had his, yeah. if he had his choice. So, yeah. and, but you just, as I say, you, last night, first 25 minutes, you got a real glimpse. And away at Man City as well, mate, away at Chelsea, you got a real glimpse of no, what... No, no, the, no, yeah. the omission from the team of those three examples you give. Benteke isn't part of the front line. I don't think he likes Benteke. I don't think he rates him. It is, it is the, the, the fluidity of that movement that yeah. happened that first 20 minutes last night and, and why we beat Chelsea and why we beat City was to do with the absence of a Benteke and yeah, more to do with so, a kind so of... Yeah, but, then, but, then, but then the irony of that is, and then we had an argument last time about whether it was a, a Liverpool goal was a long ball or a, a calculated cross. Last night, long ball, Corker's up front, causing Matt problems, because Klopp's a genius, but there's yeah. long ball, Benteke, perfect centre-forward oh, head no, down. No, 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 no. Are we talking about that? Because, you know, before we get into the semantics of individual games, obviously trying to cover all the teams, are we talking about where Liverpool's sitting now, which is genuinely mid-table? Mm. Um, and, and, and to be fair to Klopp, which is probably just wise anyway, was saying, don't expect nothing of us this year. Are you comfortable with sort of what you're looking at? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, oh, really? he, he's, okay. he's, he's, un, he's undermined a mindset at Liverpool that has, that has pervaded through the club for 15 years or more. He's come in and said, we're a club, not, not I'm manager and there's a team and you're some, you're some fans. He's actually tried to bring them all together. So all that histrionics on the, on the sidelines in the snow last night that Reuters have been plastering all over the interweb it's, is it's actually good because yeah. he's, you've got fans getting, going bananas last night trying to get that, the equaliser, yeah. whereas eight weeks ago... It'd have been everyone sat in their hands going, oh, we school. Yeah. So he's and they, well, they realise uh, they're rotting. Uh, uh, so that's good well, prep. Well, also, good prep. You, you, remember, you remember after the, after the Palace game at Anfield when he, he said, you know, Palace scored with eight minutes to go, plus injury time. There was a lot of time to score mm. and, and you all buggered off. No one buggered off last night. No, they were no, all still no, there. That's what I'm saying. That was part of the journey. Yeah, so the, gal yeah. the galvanising has begun. Yeah, yeah. After the West Brom game, he yeah. said, that'll never happen again. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah, West Ham, yeah, yeah. on, the, on the point about, like, you know, you know, star players and stuff like that, the, the, West Ham, I use as just an example of this, is the fact that, of course, what they've done is they've weathered a storm by losing it's, their it's, good players yeah. for ages uh, during a, a period and obviously holding their position nicely. So... It, it, are, are, they a, are they just a, a good example, then, of having a decent 16-18 better than other clubs have managed to put together, do you think? Well, a good 16-18 plus Payet, who again is one of the genuinely... He comes in, he's Mercurial, that's why we, yeah. he was gone for six, yeah, eight I, games, I, I you think, know. I think it was interesting, it would have been interesting to see whether West Ham held their nerve if those players were still out in January. I totally agree. Because I don't, I don't think they would have done, I think in a, in a way they were kind of lucky that it happened when they couldn't get other players in. Yeah. But West Ham... They've gone under the radar a little bit in the same way that Watford have. First half at Settlers Park, West Ham are probably the best team I've seen at Settlers Park this season. Plus, Palace are a big team, and West Ham are foot. I mean, they're big. They're all over the pitch. Physically, They've got big, yeah, yeah. physically strong players, which is not something. I mean, when Allardyce came in, he started to change that, but that's not something you'd associate with West Ham. But, but, not I mean, phys phys but big men who can play football yeah, rather than yeah, just yeah, yeah. big and, men and who can do. block up spaces. Yeah, yeah. And, and Bilic, in a way, I think is probably delighted that Klopp's there because. Billich really hasn't gone under the spotlight the way a lot of our, in other seasons he'd be the exotic foreign manager. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean the role that Klopp's taken. Well, he was. Off, I, yeah. remember, I remember. It still sticks in the mind his interview after he won a, at the Emirates. You know, his interview. Yeah. And he, he was kind of making light about the sixteen-year-old that played a key role and all that. Yeah. And you were like thinking, hold on a minute. Yeah. You're not being normal here. Well, no, yeah. he, he's at, he was the warm-up out of the Glasgow Empire, though, wasn't he? Because we were still waiting for the big turn to come on, though. And there's Jurgen Klopp. The, big, the big problem for West Ham, and I know this sounds odd, is, is the new stadium. Because I think that could be a hindrance as as, as, yeah. as much as as much as a help. Well, to be honest, one will find out. Much the way the Emirates didn't become a hindrance for Arsenal. 
I, I'd argue there's a different sort of fan base between West Ham and Arsenal. And, yeah. you've, and you've got a lot more seats to fill with non-West Ham fans than Arsenal had to fill with non-Arsenal fans, if you yeah. see what I mean. Well, well, the, well uh, there's... there's but they'll still fill in with the same thirty thousand people that turned up in the old place. I mean, so. you, you, yeah. choose, you choose people from London. Then do you do you see West Ham having that big ground as being a potential way to grow West Ham as a club? No, I see, well, no, I see a club that have conned the London. No, I, 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 no I see. I, 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 I'm no, no, I'm, no, I'm not. Because Man United have said this about Man City. I'm glad you asked that. It's, 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 it's Tottenham fans that are, are more. Tottenham fans are furious about the whole West Ham thing. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. basically, they would have been the other club who probably got the Olympic Stadium. And they're having, well, they're having to buy. They just wouldn't let us. They're having to buy their own stadium, which and pay for it themselves. But um, uh, what kind of crazy scheme is that? Yeah, I would, it's no. There's no Palace and West Ham. We we we're still a smaller club than West Ham. Um, but do, but do you see West Ham growing beyond where they are no, now I, I, by, by I, the nature I, of a bigger ground? I, I think I, I, I'm trying to find a, a way to explain this. It doesn't sound counterintuitive. Because West Ham are one of those few away games you go to as a broadcaster or as a Palace fan, and the hairs on the back of your head go up. We know, especially and they in an evening might game again next year in a new environment. They, we, don't, they, we don't know yet. They might, but there's a certain people do uh, like on Upton Park. I've, well, well, no, they do, but, but teams, they, but teams, they, they but, can't. But Upton, but Upton Park. So I know. That. But my point is, I don't think people, away teams will be. Scared of playing West Ham there no, in a way that possibly, they are in a way that they are now. And it's okay, like, but that, that, and, and also but that's a partly, on. We, it's we'll also to do this season. It's though. also an, it's also partly a, you know, a middle-aged man being nostalgic and seeing everything he loves about football well, disappearing. Do you know what I mean? Because West Ham are one of the few grounds that you, you look back on, you look fondly at well, a proper football ground. I've got all season to burst into tears about that one. Um, what, what we've what, left here is a nice, through, interesting one through guilt. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, for, for the for the society, uh, robbing children's um, charity. How about yeah? That's exactly what <laughs> didn't happen. Southampton and Everton are down there. Little, Watford are in the middle there. Watford, Watford uh, sort of flat to deceive a little bit, but although they've slipped away a little bit of recent times. But have you been surprised that, that they've been effective so, with what they've got? Well, not not the way not when the way they played against Liverpool. No, no. I mean it's it is it is effective. That's the word is it is effective. So why why it's kind of. Why would they want to do anything different? Season-long effective? This is because well, you, you'll often see half-seasons out of promoted teams. Well, would it, you? it would appear it would appear that it is because they didn't start like a house on fire, did they? They had a and that, they, they, had, they built into they, it they, they, like Bournemouth. They kind of grew into the league rather than they kind of went a bit. I think a bit like everybody else that's been watching the league has gone. Do you know what? Everyone's a bit shit this year, well, and, and we no need to fear anybody. And I think that's even permeating into their mentality. That's a good. Oh, I think yeah, yeah. it's lots of people going like. Yeah. The David and, and Goliath and that, thing is, yeah. is absolutely alive I think, alive that's, I think, you're I think that yeah. took five games to find out. And the Liverpool game is really interesting. Of all the three promoted teams, I said, and I said it out loud, I thought Watford would be a basket yeah, because case. Yeah, because of the... What they bring to the party. But with the, with the, with the chaos and the, the managerial changes. But... And also the fact that you know, the, the theory is that you can't win modern games playing four four two. And, they, and they, they play a proper old-fashioned four-four-two. Because they've got their two best players out to be up top, uh, uh, so they're playing them. But, yeah, also, yeah. but also work really hard when they haven't got the ball. So, but that lack of fear thing. It's like even five years ago, even halfway through the season, any promoted team playing Liverpool, even, you know, December, there'd still be a fear. It'd still, they'd still approach it like yeah. they're away from home. And Watford didn't. There's no respect for tradition. But I think you're right. I think they took five or six games to look around the Premier League and go, actually. That this is like the championship, only a little tiny bit better. Mm. There's not many it's outstanding like, teams. It's like, it's like, it is like it's the, it's the boxing match thing when like when the, the underdogs in there are yeah. three rounds. He hasn't been knocked out. He's going. Do you know what? I, I can still do something. Yeah, Everton. I think Everton. I, I'll I, ask you, Matt, to... Everton and, South, and Southampton, are, but they're next door to each other as we speak. Yeah. 
they look like, as we look at the table, underachievers for me. Um, it's, uh, everybody, I, do, I didn't go up to Goodison Park this season, but every, every Palace fan who went up there said Everton are the best team they've seen this season. Over, and just so, not getting the results. I've said Palace played really well and we had to, to and Everton looked like, and they've got some really good players. Yeah. But compl- for some reason it's not, uh, and I know Everton fans are starting to get a bit niggly about Martinez because they are... A bit? No, they, well, they, 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 they definitely are. I mean, they're, 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 very the, twitchy, the, the complaint is, why are you persisting with Howard? Yeah, one, but yeah. right? And... Why can you not defend as a team? I mean, he, yeah, they, they're basically go, they're basically looking at that squad and going, "This is the best squad any Everton talent. manager's had. Any Everton manager's had in years. Yeah, You've got some, if you can if you can grow a team around a, a, a spine that's got Stones and Lukaku and in, Barclay, yeah, and then yeah, Barkley, yeah, yeah, yeah. so you, you, there's a whole, and then yeah. you've got Mercurial you got, talent that's you, in there as well. You've got Delafay, you've Delefe, got Bain, you've got Bangs, you've got. I'm glad you said that name. You've got, got yeah, but, but you've got experience. You've got experience in there as well. Two of the best right backs in Gareth Barry is the best English footballer ever. Naturally. But it's obviously no consolation for Everton fans that they're playing good football. And because they, I mean, Everton, again, in your head, instinctively, you think Everton should be top six. But then you look back at the league tables of recent years and you go, oh, right, okay, ninth, tenth, whatever. That. But Martinez, funny enough, is playing to his own form, isn't he? If you think about uh, yes, the, yeah, the, the kind of, kind of in the territory yeah, he's yeah, yeah. used to. The glory is... wins he had with, with Wigan never reflected in the seasons where he had finished that, at the end of the season. That's and I think true. He's doing that with. And that's and what I Everton think, fans seem to uh, Southampton, I think, is still in the situation where the Premier League is. It's enough of a novelty for them, for them not to be too... It's, but they're ba- they, we're, we're back they to that model thing, though, Kevin, aren't we? That, that Swansea were, is the, the Southampton model starting to... And they, they are an example, they're meant to be an example of the way forward, in the way that Swansea were, and it's cracking a little bit, or is I it? I don't think it is. I think they'll be comfortably mid-table. But I think it's... it's they, yeah, take that. A friend of mine always talks about, I'm not quite sure what it means, a regression to the mean. He, he kept talking about after Palace lost to Villa, by which he means that we've, in a lot of games, we've played better than we are. And every now and again, we'll we'll play worse than we are. And Southampton will sort of find their own level. They're just having, they're having. Apparently, they're off form. But they, they beat Arsenal four 0 mm. through, and they keep they they bring their own players through. And Southampton fans, it's not that long since they were in the third division yeah, and, and headed no. the wrong way. So they've they've built. You know, they're not built on sand. They're, I think they'll be disappointed, but I think they overachieved. Last season, and, that, and, and so, so the, they're just kind of reverting to the. So par is more this a little than bit, it was that think, to a certain extent. What we're talking about there, though, is that little schizophrenia that exists in the Premier League compared to other leagues in Europe, in the sense that most top-flight clubs across Europe get a run at the league because they're the top-flight clubs. Yeah. The Premier League is the only league where teams are expected to give their all. You know, Getafe don't have to do anything, did he, when they're playing Real Madrid? But let's uh, go, oh, it's Barcelona, we'll forget that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Swansea aren't allowed to go, oh, we're at Old Trafford, let's forget about it. They have to go and try yeah. and win. Which, which and that's it, how Britain sees it, yeah. sorry, England which sees it. Which there's just two teams, lads, and I'm going to go Chelsea with you then on this one, Stu, based on the fact that it's a bizarre fact that we can It's leave. disappointing they're not going down, isn't it, really? And, it, it, and, and, <laughs> and it, here lies the rub, though, isn't it? It's, it's strange that you can, you can afford to leave Chelsea out of the equation it's, in terms of a conversation, because there's almost no interest because of the fact that they're not in free fall as such, or are they? Or can they can they still make it interesting? Well, if if if, if Klopp's under no pressure to do anything at Liverpool, then certainly Hiddink's just there to just affect stasis, isn't he? Well, until yeah. until the season ends Fall and then from bottom. and the, then get the bank account out. The big deal we played them over Christmas, and they were. I mean, we were lucky to get nil to be put. But the big difference between us and them, for example, is that we bought in Fraser Campbell and Chung Yong Lee, and they bought in. For, uh, Fabregas and Diego Costa. Yes. So you look at their squad. They've got a fantastic yeah, squad. Yeah, played better though. They've got a fantastic. Well, yeah, but they got a fantastic. Well, they they, they did, and those two players. Ah, in that particular case. Well, they've got. They've got. A fa- <laughs> you, you, it makes you wonder what went so badly wrong at the start of the season with that squad, 
And also, even now, Hiddink's not pulling up with the trip. I mean, a, a home draw against West Brom last night is not... I mean, if Chelsea don't win something this season, it, it, it will be a disaster they as far won. as they're... Because, well, well, they? Well, FA, FA Cup, Cup FA and Cup, the Cup, Champions possibly. League. Yeah. Well, Cha- do you know, bizarrely enough, why not the Champions League? You know, well, why not the Champions League? That, thing, that was Mourinho's kind of saviour. They didn't play badly in the, no. in the Champions no, League. Fine. But, and you mentioned that, sorry, because... But, but the other thing, what's interesting, though, is I was talking to a Chelsea... Because they're not going to get relegated... So why not? Everybody talks about Chelsea Academy. We've got some great young players. Throw them in. Show us. Show us a couple well, of... The, well, that's know. because they're elsewhere working. Well, yeah. <laughs> How about Pulis at West Brom? Last note. I, you know my views on Pulis. Yes, I do. They're, that's they're why not, I asked you. not repeatable here. West, what Tony Pulis does is he'll keep you up, and then next season he'll keep you up again, and then the season after that he'll keep you up again. There won't be any progress. West Brom won't progress under Pulis. They, they will stay up. Yeah. Without a doubt. A West Brom team will comfortably stay up. They'll play the same sort of football because no matter what happens, other Premier League teams can't seem to get to grips with that sort of defensive organisation. My favourite my favorite comment yeah. this year, and it's, it's sort of just to, to do with the progress that unfashionable teams have made, is a Stoke fan saying they were Pulis by West Brom. Yeah. So it's just, <laughs> yeah, I just thought yeah, it was yeah. beautiful. Yeah, the, the idea I mean, Stoke, again, Stoke are a, a, a joy to watch, but you do... You do wonder about a whether they can keep those those three players and b whether they can attract more. But if they can, then hats off to Mark Hughes. I built a brilliant little. He's built some a lovely football around. But, but I didn't, those individuals. Uh, look, because yeah. basically what he's done is said to those. You know, Shakiri, he said, he said to and an out of it. Yeah, basically he said to defence, you keep the goals out. We'll let those three let players have a, run, a little yeah. bit like Suarez and Sturridge a little bit for Liverpool. But I, I never had Mark Hughes down as that sort of manager because the teams I've seen, you know, would see the, Shack- it, and the shackles are off there. That's what it is. But like, yeah, we, we, soft- time's done. Half term report. What do we think? Is, is the Premier League? You know, is it much do better or, or doing very nicely? If, if, if you were sat down on the little tiny tiny school chair now and, you, and, and, and your little boy was the Premier League, what, what do you think? The, what would your teacher be saying to you? Work with my analogy, for God's sake. I, I started it, so I might as well finish. I, I tick, tick, <laughs> tick VG basically. It, oh, that'll it, do. It, it, it depends what you want from the Premier League. If you want, if you want up and out and rumbustrous six goals a game football, which apparently is entirely down to BT Sport and Jake Humphreys, <laughs> then fine. If you want, if you want technical, but then it's the yeah. wrong, it's the wrong league. It is. We've had this discussion before. It's not the best league in the world, but it is the best to watch. Best to watch. Rio Ferdinand said this. Are you? Yeah. Are you on well, that Rio Ferdinand. It, it was. It, it was almost like he was given a list of things <laughs> to say, and he went, "Yeah, this is why it's the most exciting." Yeah. But you digress, you. Um, in the no, same, it, it, the, it, the it, same quote, though. It I'll, looked I'll, like I'll, a hostage video. Go. No, no, no. <laughs> but, but I think no. I, yeah, I think it's, it's entertaining, but I would, I would rather see Liverpool start to win two 0 every week. Oh, you take that there, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I would say that, you know, obviously, you know, uh, good at PE. That's what the <laughs> Premier League is, indeed. Oh. Like, thank you very much, indeed, lads. That was the Whistleblowers. This is a playback media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network.